Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, with Dr. Katie Mack with us. And uh, Katie, did you love science when you were in high school? Yeah, I've loved science uh, since I can remember. I was always uh, I was always very curious about the universe. Did you have a telescope growing up? No, I grew up in Los Angeles. There wasn't a, a <laughs> in the sky. You'd <laughs> so have to go to I Joshua was... Tree if you wanted to see the skies in that area, right? Yeah, yeah, and I did that sometimes. I was part of an astronomical society. We would get together for star parties at night sometimes, uh, go go out into the mountains. But um, but no, I really got into astrophysics through the physics side, uh, through thinking about these sort of big questions about the universe. Well, let's start with the second of the five possibilities of ending the universe, and that is heat death. What uh, what would happen there? So this is where the the expansion of the universe continues, and um, as the universe is expanding, everything's getting farther and farther apart from each other, and everything's getting kind of more isolated. So if if this is happening where we are, what we would see is that we would see that distant galaxies are getting so far away that we can't see them anymore, and and the sky would kind of get darker. We wouldn't be able to see all these beautiful galaxies and, and things in the universe. And then over time, you would uh, run out of, there would be no more stars being born. The, the stars we have would start to burn out. And um, you would get to a point where the the stuff in the universe is just kind of fading away. You know, everything is decaying and, and, uh, and sort of uh, going dark and getting colder and and the universe kind of just fades out. That's that's how the heat death goes. Now, the big rip, what is that? So that one's where the expansion is so violent that uh, not it's not just that things get farther apart and things don't just fade away gently, but the expansion of the universe actually starts to rip galaxies apart and rip solar systems apart and eventually rips apart space itself. It's, it's something that we think is probably not going to happen. It's a, it's a less likely one of these uh, scenarios, but uh, it's something that we can't quite rule out in the data right now. So all we can do is say that it's, you know, we have at least 200 billion years before this is something that's even possible, but um, most likely dark energy, the thing that's making the universe expand faster, is not going to uh, to be able to pull things apart quite that way. But um, it's something that we, we still don't know for sure, so studying these these ideas is important to, to figure it out. These are these are fascinating, Katie. Next one is vacuum decay. Yeah, so this is the one that I find most uh, most intriguing as a physicist. So the idea behind vacuum decay is basically that there's a sort of instability built into the universe. That uh, the way that that the universe works right now may not be fully stable for all of time, and it means that there could be. A, a kind of quantum event that happens somewhere in the universe where some, there's some kind of tweak to how the laws of physics work at some point in the universe that could happen randomly. And that would create a bubble of a different kind of space. And that bubble would expand through the universe at about the speed of light and just destroy everything in it. Um, and it's an idea that's been around since probably the 70s or 80s, but, um, but wasn't taken very seriously until recently when, um, when some new measurements suggested that maybe our universe is unstable in this way. And and uh, if that's true, then, you know, sometime in the very, very distant future, this this uh, instability could occur and create this bubble that, that destroys space. So there are reasons we think probably not going to happen. 
Um, but uh, but it's something that that as physicists, it's, it's interesting to study because it could tell us something about how physics works in our universe. Now, here's a strange one. Bounce. What is that? Yeah, so that's that's the idea that the universe could go through cycles. So it's an appealing idea to, for a lot of reasons because a lot of people like the idea that maybe the universe could re, be reborn after after ending. So in the bounce scenario, you could have a big crunch where everything collapses on itself, and then a new big bang happens after that. And so you could have cycles where the universe is, is continually destroyed and then reborn. And in some of the scenarios I talk about in the book for a bouncing uh, cosmology, there could be something that survives through that process. So there could be kind of information that could be passed from one universe to the to the next universe. And um, and so there, there are several different ways that could happen. But um, but the the interesting intriguing thing is is this possibility that that there could be some some trace of the previous iteration. Katie, are you a multiverse believer? Well, it depends on what you mean by multiverse. So there are a lot of different ways that there could be parts of the universe that are sort of separate universes from us, depending on how you look at it. Um, so. It's, it's certainly true that the universe is much bigger than the part that we can observe. So our observable universe is a limited range, a limited size. But um, but we know that there's space that continues on beyond what we can observe. And there could be other regions of space with very different physics or um, other kind of structures out there. Um, there could even be higher dimensions of space where you could have uh, space separated by, by some direction we can't conceive of. And there could be other universe structures kind of out there. Um, and uh, there there could have been more universes born at the time when our universe was born. And then those could be kind of in, in this larger space. So I think it's very possible that there's much more space than what we can observe. Um, but I don't know that we'll ever be able to interact with it in any way. Katie, what is dark matter? Uh, so dark matter is what I mostly spend my time researching, actually. It's, um, it's some kind of invisible matter. So the matter that we're made of, you know, atoms and, and molecules, uh, that's that's visible matter. That's stuff that we can see and touch and interact with. But there could be, a, there, there seems to be this other kind of matter that, that has gravity and it has mass, um, but we can't see it. It doesn't interact with light. If you touched it, could you feel it? You wouldn't feel it, no. You no, wouldn't. Because if you, yeah, because the same, the same way that... Uh, that that matter interacts with light, it also, that's kind of how you're able to touch it because that's actually, when you touch something, what's really happening is that the electrons in your hand are pushing against the electrons in the thing you're touching, and that's an electromagnetic interaction, and light is an electromagnetic uh, phenomenon. And so you would not be able to feel it if dark matter hit you, but what you would feel is, is you feel the gravity of it if there was enough of it because it does have gravity. And so our universe the, mo- the matter in our universe seems to be mostly this invisible stuff. And so our galaxy is embedded in a giant clump of this invisible matter, and it affects how stars move around. And uh, it affects how matter comes together to, to make stars and galaxies and so on. So we're pretty sure it's out there. We can map out where it is based on how it affects the motions of stars and galaxies, but we can't see it and we can't interact with it. So we're still trying to figure out really what it's made of. That's fascinating, though. And and how did we finally come about discovering a dark matter? Who did that? Well, well, yeah, so it was first hypothesized in like the 1930s by looking at the way galaxies move around. And then in the 1970s, an astronomer named Vera Rubin really convinced the community that, it, that it's out there by looking at how stars are moving around galaxies and showing that basically the stars 
you know, in, in galaxies are, are moving around too quickly. And if there wasn't extra gravity holding them in, this extra matter that, that was, you know, pulling these stars and keeping them in the galaxy, they would all be flying off into space. And so it really suggested that there is this unseen matter that's, that's holding everything together and really sort of sort of the glue that holds uh, matter together in the universe. Well, that's amazing, Katie, all this stuff that science continues. What will we discover that we don't know now? What do you think? Well, I think we'll, I hope we'll discover what dark matter is. That's one of the big things, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to figure out. Um, and hopefully we'll discover what dark energy is. I mentioned dark energy is this mysterious stuff that's making the universe expand faster. Uh, we don't know what that is. We also can't see that stuff, but we we know that the universe is expanding faster, so there has to be something that's causing that to happen. We call it dark energy. So hopefully we'll discover what that is, and hopefully we'll learn more about the very, very beginning of the universe and what happened there. And, um, you know, the there's uh, I talk a lot in the book about these different endings of the universe, and there's a lot of information we're, we're going to learn in the next few years that could help us narrow down uh, how the universe will end as well. Will these endings be gradual or simply lights out? It depends. So some of them are very gradual. The heat death is a very gradual ending. You know, everything kind of just fades away, whereas something like vacuum decay is very sudden. You know, you have this bubble of a, of a different kind of space that just expands through the universe at the speed of light. That's so sudden you wouldn't even notice it. You wouldn't see it coming. You wouldn't feel it. It would just be over. So there, there are several possibilities that happen on different timescales and in different kind of levels of, of violence in some way. But um, the, the commonality is that in all these situations, whatever our universe is, you know, the, the region space we're in, the stuff that we see in the cosmos, that all will be destroyed sometime in the future, one way or another. Are we as a galaxy and as a solar system moving through the universe right now? And if we are, how fast? Yeah, so um, our, our sun is, so, you know, the Earth is moving around the sun, and then the sun is moving around the center of the galaxy and the sun is moving at about 220 kilometers per second. So it's very fast uh, through, through the galaxy, orbiting the center of the galaxy. Um, and then the galaxy, you know, galaxies all kind of move around in the universe in some way. So our galaxy is, is moving toward uh, the, next, the galaxy next door, the Andromeda galaxy, or we're kind of moving toward each other, I guess. Um, and uh, so from our perspective, the Andromeda galaxy is moving toward us at 110 kilometers per second. So, um, so galaxies are kind of moving around in, in that sense. But on the larger scale than that, um, there are some places in the universe where many galaxies are kind of moving in the same direction a little bit. But there's um, there's not a, a, a sort of larger like orbital motion than that or anything. So, so individual galaxies in some some places, individual galaxies move around in clusters of galaxies. Um, in our case, we, we have a little group of galaxies, and we're all kind of interacting with each other a little bit. What's making things, Katie, move so quickly? It's just gravity, you know. So, That's it. Um, so our, the sun is moving around the center of the galaxy because it's, it's held into the, the galaxy with the gravity of, of all the stuff in the galaxy. And, um, and when, when the galaxy came together, when what happened, the way galaxies are formed is that you get a whole lot gas and, and dust and just matter together and it's pulled in by its own gravity and and there's always a little bit of rotation when when things are, are forming when everything is falling in together there's 
you know, it's not just it doesn't all just collapse directly to the center. There's there's some kind of orbital motion when when something forms like that, and so you get some kind of spinning built into galaxies when they form, and so that's why uh, why we're moving around the center of the galaxy. Now, when the end comes, whether it's mm-hmm. going to be slow or instant, in essence, what happens? Does the planet just start to shatter? Does the atmosphere go away? Do we see some huge ball of fire coming at us? What what will it be like? Well, so for the Earth, uh, no matter how the universe ends, for the Earth, the, the end will come because the, the sun will get a lot brighter in over the coming billions of years. So Right. right. I, that's going to happen that, anyways. Yeah, yeah that's going to happen either way. So, so what will happen to the Earth is that first the, the oceans of the Earth will be boiled off in about a billion years. And then over the course of the next several billion years, uh, the, the Earth may sort of fall into the sun and be, and be engulfed. Um, as for the rest of the universe, it really depends on which way the universe is going, which of these sort of possible ending scenarios is going to happen. Um, in some cases, everything just kind of fades away. And in other cases, there's a very violent end where, you know, actual planets could be torn apart. So it, it, it depends on, on sort of how things are, are going in the, in the distant future. And assuming, of course, that uh, things happen in a relatively quick way, mm-hmm. uh, if if humans don't kill themselves first, mm-hmm. at what point into the future do they start dying off because of these episodes? Could we th- well, could we, in theory, last another million years as as humans if we don't do something to ourselves? Sure, sure, yeah. So, so humanity. I mean, I don't know whether humanity will find a way to, you know, go out into the cosmos and, and leave the Earth. If we stay on Earth, we have about a billion years, maybe, before Earth is no longer habitable. So, you know, sometime in the next billion years, um, we need to find a way to leave the planet, right? Um, but uh, but after that, it just depends on, on sort of human ingenuity, you know? If, uh, if, if humans or, or other kinds of um, intelligent life are able to to find ways to to live beyond the lifetimes of their stars, then you know they there there could be a way of of persisting far into the future of the universe. But it'll get a lot harder um, over billions and billions and billions of years as the the universe is expanding more and more and, and stars are burning out. So you know I would say that uh, that's going to be sort of a bigger problem in this very distant future is that at some point stars will burn out. And I don't really know how anything survives past that. It's kind of sad, Katie, isn't it? When you think about it, it is kind of sad sometimes, but, um, but I, I think that, you know, we are talking about the kinds of timescales that are, that are hard to really take seriously as a, um, you know, as a human mind. I mean, I can think about maybe decades into the future, but after that, everything gets a little fuzzy. And when we're talking about billions of years, it's hard to get too emotionally caught up in that. But, but I, I think that we do, you know, we do wonder about our legacy as creatures, you know, and, and if there's something, you know, beyond in the, in the very far distant future. And so it is, it is natural to, to have some, have some emotional connection to to these these very distant times, but I also think that it can be a nice break from day to day life to contemplate these bigger questions of ultimate reality. What do you think could happen first? The entire universe going, or just our solar system because of the sun? Um, it's almost certainly the solar system will go first. So okay. it's very hard for for any major cosmic event to happen 
uh, in the next you know, five billion years. Is the universe still making new star systems as we speak? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so there are there are new stars born all the time. Uh, usually, generally speaking, each galaxy is forming new stars about one every hundred years, which seems like a long time span. But over the over the course of a galaxy's life, that's a lot of stars being formed. So, uh, yeah, and our our galaxy is forming them a little bit slower than that. But there are new stars new stars being formed all the time. Um, into the very distant future, that'll slow down, and that has been slowing down over time. But um, but at the moment, we're still getting new stars happening. Is there any possibility that a chunk of the universe would survive while the rest of it dies off? Well, it's it's interesting that the um, the way the way that the universe ends, if if we're going to a heat death, which is the most likely scenario, that'll be very unevenly distributed. You know, so so places where there are a lot of galaxies, there are a lot of uh, you know, the whole lot of matter together, star, a lot of star systems. Those places will last longer than the places where there are very few galaxies and they're very spread apart. So um, there will be parts of the universe that do last longer than other parts in the sense that there will be places where there are just more stars, more stars being formed, and, um, and those places will, will continue to have activity long after places that are a little bit more quiet now uh, will have already faded away. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.